Hello and welcome to the Green Dragon Tavern on the air. That is right. Sons of Liberty Live is on the air. It is Thursday. Get ready to get lit, get loud. And we are live for a very special 50th episode bash. And uh, we are going to be having a really good time tonight. Of course, last week I was out in the great state of Utah and was training some incredible folks out there, had a group of great patriots, and we were knocking out RTO Advanced RTO and Signals Intelligence all together and uh, had what, what an amazing time. And uh, that part of Utah was just absolutely incredible uh all the way up until the end of the week when some of the wildfire smoke started blowing in and uh, made things a, a little smoggy but uh other than that i mean absolutely gorgeous and anytime i can get out to the high desert it is certainly welcome and i was off grid for most of that had a couple of opportunities to poke my head up for air but of course while i'm doing that Obviously, I can't do all of this, but just know this, that when I am out there teaching, I do miss all of you. I certainly miss uh, being on the air, being live here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern. And uh, doing this episode live has its very uh, has, has a very unique dynamic to it. Um, you know, they, there's very little editing on my end that goes into any of the episodes that I do, but there are absolutely none uh, when it comes to the live shows. And um, it's been, <laughs> it's certainly been interesting uh, over the, you know, 50 episodes. There has been uh, quite a bit of uh, interesting dialogue, great dialogue, and this live show has really created its own uh, following aside from Radio Contra. And, and uh, it's kind of interesting from the creator's end to see uh, how all of this works, how all this kind of kind of meshes. And, and it's very it, it, it's very interesting because it's two different shows, uh, two very different shows. And, um, you know, the, the just the, the warm response that I've got from everybody, from this audience. We're closing in on 9,000 subscribers on Podbean. Uh, Just in a few weeks, closing in on 1,000 followers on Twitter uh, after the original American Partisan account got banned off of Twitter. I went up there, made my own. Um, A lot of people were saying, why don't you go to some of the alternative uh, platforms out there. I know, you know, truth social and, um, you know, that's, that's one of the really big ones, Gab, so on and so forth. I'm going to Twitter. Why, why Twitter? Because you need to go where the maximum number of people are going to be exposed to it. You know, I already know in the alternative media platforms and the alternative media, we have a big following. We already have that. And we we need to go to expand what we have and expand that audience and interact with people that maybe aren't familiar with what we do with American Partisan and with the training courses that everybody here offers. Um, 
you really have to interact with a with with a, a larger audience that is going to be receptive to that. Um, and Twitter, unfortunately, unfortunately, because I, I have a mountain of reservations about them as a, as a company, but they offer the best platform to do that. And uh, having that warm reception, having that interaction with folks on the interpersonal level um, has been really, really incredible. And the warm reception that everybody's got uh, for our work has been just excellent. Uh, overall, excellent. So, you know, coming in on 50 episodes of uh, this this live show, again, what I was trying to say with the, the, the fact that there's no editing that goes into this, it is raw, it is live. What you hear, that first take on everything is what you're going to get. And um, I just have to say, you know, hey, thank, thank you guys for being in here. Thank you guys for uh, being the loyal and incredible audience that you are. And that we get to share our experiences, our Thursday evenings with you. And it's really crazy because we've been doing this for nearly two years now. And how time has flown uh, since the, the very first time that uh, jumped on Podbean and saw that we could do live shows. And I said, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. And let's see how this goes. And man, it, it has been really uh, something else. But without further ado, I am joined getting into the chat room now. I am joined by my two uh, co-hosts, Patriots at Large. First on the list, Mr. JC Dodge. What's up, brother? Not a whole lot. Just busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, I guess. <laughs> you too. Yeah, well, I, I know you are. We had that conversation the other day. Um, I re remember that first conversation we had about the the uh, talking about maybe putting this thing together. I do. I recall it well. I recall yep. it well. <laughs> and it, it was, turned uh, out, hey, you know what? It was, you know, it turned out just just like. I mean, I really hadn't given it much thought, but. You had thought about a good bit, and you ran it by me, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That's uh, because I had heard other other podcasts that were in a similar vein uh, as long as far as what you were thinking about uh, doing, and uh, it's like, well, couldn't hurt. I mean, <laughs> and Whoa. because it was it was basically the conversation you and I had had on my drive home from work. Yeah, and you said I I want sons of liberty to be like the conversation we just had yeah and because and that's what we, it's become yeah so, so for everybody out there um the the whole idea when i i found out that we could do live shows and we could we could literally do a live streaming show uh through through Podbean, there was no you know because I have a lot of time constraints on on my end is it's really the limiting factor, and you know having having conversations our our own internal conversations and sharing that wisdom back and forth of you know hey when I was here I experienced this and you know maybe this this might be a good idea or you know whatever 
But we end up having these these really uh, awesome conversations that you say, you know, man, I really wish that that we had been able to record that because that's exactly that's like, exactly what you said. That was yeah. exact, and and you said, hey, I got this idea. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. if if there was a way that we could record this, there was a way that we could condense this knowledge you know, and, and, and get it out there and in a very casual, easy to digest format. Um, I think that people would be really receptive to it. And lo and behold, here we are. And, um, you know, it awesome, just, just awesome. And, um, you know, again, it, it, it all goes back to the audience. Um, you guys, the, the loyal, followership out there the folks who are who who are literally making things happen out in the real world who are getting offline and doing things in the real world um you know you're, you're making all this happen you're making this stuff possible you are propelling us to continue doing what we're doing uh so you know god bless all of you thank you uh for that thank you for coming out and training with us um, you know, because none of this is really possible. I think, you know, there's other, there's other trainers who have podcasts. There are other companies who have podcasts, but I, I am hard pressed to find a tactical training company survival, whatever you want to call it. This, this genre we'll say conservative survivalism, right? conservative prepping, whatever you want to call it, because that's, you know, that, that's what we are. And I, I would, I would challenge anyone out there to find a podcast that has the diversity of topics, the diversity of conversation, uh, the diversity of guests than this. one. You know, I, I challenge you to do so, you know, and, and we, I think that, that we have a very interesting take. I mean, again, there's a lot of guys out there that have podcasts that do very well and they, they're great, you know, but do they have, they necessarily bring all the things to the table. Um, you, you know, with, with us, you never quite know what you're going to get. And, <laughs> and that, uh, <laughs> that unpredictability yeah. I think is, is a heck of a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, so. Yeah. Well, you know, too, what you just said, you know, other, other people training and every, tra being trainers, uh, when I started uh, Mason Dixon Tactical in 2010, the last thing I wanted was to be a square range guy. Um, I, you know, I, I've taught square range classes. I've been, you know, a law enforcement firearms instructor, and the, you know, done it in the military, and, and the there were so many guys out there. You were, you know, I talked about this the other day. You know the the Clint Smiths and the Jeff Coopers and all they've been doing it for decades and 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 they they know that but I wanted to offer something that I saw either v none of or very little of, um, and and that was you know when when I was able to when when I came across the the ability to be able to do it at Echo Valley Training Center, um, that's I put it together and. That's what I did because I'd had so many people because I, I trained a lot of people on my own free time before I ever started the business. You know, it's like if they want to give me a couple bucks, you know, great. But the 
I, I like I said, I'm I'm not big on the whole square range thing. It's it's good for certain aspects of it, but I wanted to, uh, well, like I said, the, like it says on my website, getting beyond the manual and the video. And I know you're the, you're the same way. Right. It's like that, that's manuals and videos right. are great, but you know, as my my older son found out watching a YouTube video on how to uh, put a barrel on an AR-15 just because it's on YouTube doesn't mean it's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, it, it's... Yeah, but, but that was the, you know, the, the uh, started with the buddy team stuff and, you know, uh, got into doing some, some fire team and squad level stuff. And the, the largest thing I've ever done was a, uh, heavy squad plus, I guess you would call it. It was 18 people. Um, but the, uh, you know, that was, I was, somebody called me the other day. It was asking me about the October and November classes I got coming up and the buddy team class and then a team, uh, team tactics class. And, uh, I said, well, you have to take the buddy team class. So you hit the ground running on the team tactics class. Um, you can't just skip it. Um, because even if even if somebody is a trained infantryman, that that's all well and good. But one, I would hope you took the buddy team class with a buddy, and to make sure you're both on the same sheet of music. And and right. two, so you know how I do it. You already know my safety protocol for right. one thing. The buddy team class, you know, we're the the end of that culminates with a live fire assault and break contact drill. So um, right. That's that safety is the biggest, biggest thing to me. Um, I know you're, you're yeah. as you know, anal about as I am. Um, well, you know, you, you, you have to trust the guys that you are shooting around. This yep. is, this, this cannot be an alien concept of, you know, I, I've had people in the past that, uh, you know, when like for fighting carbine for example the end of day two of fighting carbine you're moving and shooting right so you're bounding you're doing buddy team bounding mm -hmm. and there's there's a, a technique behind the training and, and i pair people up normally it's the guys that came to class with um but you know I've had a few guys in the past that were like, well, we've never done that before. And, and, you know, the night before they're telling me about all the classes they've been to and different people out there. And I'm not knocking any of that at all because the very accomplished shooters, I, I've, I've been right. blessed to have some very accomplished shooters, but this, the, the, uh, indoctrination of, you know, everybody is online and, you know, kind of, um, you know, you, 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 everybody loads at the same time. And, you know, it, it's like, look, guys, we're not at Gettysburg. Okay. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it ready up ready up. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, so, you know, um, but it, you know, it, and, and I've had other people, you know, on the other hand that say, well, doing that stuff can can be kind of kind of scary because you know you're, you're taking people that just uh you know 36 hours prior they were complete strangers 
and you taught them how to shoot. And now, you know, you're, you're kind of letting them move um, where a litany of different things could occur. And it's like, well, yeah, but I'm moving with them. You know, you, right. you have lane safeties, you're moving with them and, you know, but they, they, you have to get used to, I mean, uh, combat is a, a dynamic thing. It's, it's a 360 degree environment. You, you know, people are going to be shooting from behind you and you have to have that confidence that you're not going to shoot your buddy. You know, right. it, it's, um, well, just still. the aspect of the, of the noise, you know, guys, guys that I've trained where once we do blanks, you know, day one and, and they can scream at each other, move, moving, you know, loading all these things. <clears throat> when they get on that live fire range and they're doing it and there, there is 25 meters, uh, side to side between the buddy team. Um, and they realize, holy shit, I've got to scream this. And, and, and I might have to scream in it again because he might be shooting when I'm, when I'm hollering and th they realize, wow, there, there's so much more to it when, when you're doing it for real, as opposed to a, uh, uh, a, a virtual version of modern warfare three with blanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the gun gamers. Airsoft is that's that's cool. Okay, I'm I'm not a huge fan of airsoft for for one reason, and that's because in airsoft uh, concealment is also covered. But that doesn't mean airsoft doesn't have good applications well, in this area. Yeah, it can. The other the other problem with using airsoft as as uh, trainers is it's um you got to wear a pp like it, it's it's not optional you have to wear a pp and yeah. that's not really realistic uh the, right. the way it, it's it's just like with paintball it it's yeah. um is there training value absolutely uh absolutely but i i think that training with blanks is I mean, there's, there's a reason that we do it in the army and, you know, um, Cal's free flow in the, in the comments, simunitions, eh, nah, you got to wear a PP with simunitions too. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah and, I've, been hit, and, I've been hit with enough simunitions to, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, and it's also the, the expense it, it's not, um, it's, it's not cost effective. Um, blanks are getting to the point they're they're almost not cost effective, but you're you know, right. They're, they're fifty cents around right now. Um, I know because I just ordered four thousand more, but <laughs> but but I mean, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, simunitions require special weapons, and uh, you know the, yeah. the bolt special. Everything is you know it's it's look with blanks. Guys can be guys can come to class. They can be running their weapon that they brought, for the most part, unless they have some sort of weird flash hider or something on it. But they they bring the 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 weapon that they brought to class that is theirs, and they are running it in a combat environment, uh, yep. specifically in the scout course and the upcoming recce course. Which scout course? Scout course is way way over full. Please stop emailing me asking if you can get in the one in October. It's full. It's full and that's it. It's full. All right. The recce course, almost full. I have two spots left. 
um, which the the last person that emailed me said that, that the check is in the mail. Okay, um, you know, so then there will be it, when it materializes, then there will be one spot left, and and that is it. Uh, so, you know, anyway, um, but getting back to to training value and and um, you know, there, there is there's there's an acceptable threshold um of of all of these things together right and so square range stuff standing still engaging your target or even more the you know the the dynamic stuff i'm not going to call it advanced because there's no such thing um right you know adding new variables in there um you know cars and whatnot Eh, okay. Uh, it, it really depends on the application, but you know, it's all of that stuff though. There has to be, there has to be some thing going beyond just the firearm. Um, so, you know, that's, yeah, anyway. that's exactly why I'm, uh, it's like, you know, everybody that comes to my class, you know, already knows how to shoot the gun, not necessarily in a, tactically proficient manner but they know how to do it but the the jungle lane i use it's uh, you can see the track on each each side but it is it is not cleared as far as you can see where people have gone it looks somewhat like a deer trail but there there's you know logs and and branches and you know a groundhog hole here or there and the point is there's a more to more to pay attention to than just your weapon and where your buddy's at. You have to watch where you're moving. And that's why you're not shooting on the move. You're, you're looking where, where you're going. Your buddy is covering you. That's why you said moving. And he said, when, and when he says move, you go, you're not shooting that, that I've seen people talk about that whole, uh, shooting on the move thing. And I'm like, well, you can, I guess you could do that on a square range. But no. you're not going to do it no. in unless, no. unless you're doing the spray and pray method because you better be watching where you're putting your feet. Yeah. That's, no, that, that stuff's garbage. And, you know, I, I don't care who advocates it. They're wrong. doesn't matter. Flat out, you're wrong. If, you're, if, if you are not being taught to get to cover and return fire from cover hmm. you're being taught wrong period period it, it's it's not up for debate um this I, I don't care what some some asshole in skinny kid jeans and a flannel shirt says um you know been there done that have the badges have the medals you know whatever it it's 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 proven it's proven science um you know so I, I don't know, but again, some of these guys, some of these guys out there, they, they really, uh, they blow my mind because it, and I'll always have it in class too, uh, in the scout course, there'll always be those guys that are just like tromping through the woods. They, you know, they, they're doing the, the final assault that, you know, it culminates in a raid and then they have to exfil their way out. And it, you know, it, it has a lot of variables to get thrown in there. And, um, you know, they, they end up just because they're tired, they're not getting behind cover. And that's, 
that's when people start having to get medevaced. Um, it's like, oh, grab the litter. You know, you didn't get behind cover, so you're down. Now your buddies have to carry you out of here. Um, <laughs> you know, it's things like that. And uh, it's, it's a good time is had by all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You're 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 done. You're a casualty. Uh, you're going to carry him out, and yeah. the guy has, you know, minimum, you know, the 27 pounds of body armor, plus mm-hmm. his plus his kit. You know, if somebody else is carrying his weapon and and you're carrying your gear and you're throwing this guy because because the staff sergeant happens to be the biggest guy in the in this squad, <laughs> um, he ends up being the one because. Yeah, this, this doesn't um, sound like you've ever had personal experience with such no, things. No, no. <laughs> and and the swamps of Fort Stort suck. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Okay. On that note, let's get Madman Actual in here. He's been waiting patiently for 24 minutes now. Madman, yo, yo yiggity, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Happy happy 50th, man. 50 it episodes. Is. That's impressive. 50 episodes. 50 episodes. I, I, what, I would say what's more impressive is the fact that we haven't been canceled. Um, that yeah. is definitely the most <laughs> impressive part because we have said some uh, colorful things. We have. We, we have. have there's we've we've had some spicy takes for sure yeah we've spicy like, takes i don't want to say we've definitely crossed the line but we've definitely come close i'm pretty sure we've crossed the line at least once <laughs> at least <laughs> once no, that episode got deleted yeah never got aired <laughs> that one that thank one, you Beck. <laughs> yes well it was partly my fault too that yeah, one it happens, man. Oh boy, that that episode was a meltdown, man. That was, <laughs> I mean, it was a meltdown in all the good ways. It it turned into for anybody. There's there's a few people I know for a fact in the audience that was a party to that episode, and that episode was a party in in all ways. Um, <laughs> we uh, it it turned into. Um, it, it began as all the stupid things on the internet that'll get you killed. And then it just evolved into let's talk about all the people on the internet. Uh, specifically, there's, there's a couple of people on the internet that just really, um, one of them is a so-called medical expert. He's a self-proclaimed medical expert mm. who lives in a trailer park and, um, you know, which should tell you something and almost got fired. He's a, from a, a nursing home. And, and of course, this guy wrote a blog post about that because uh, genius. Right. You should that because that's something you want to tell the entire world. And it just he there was some stuff that that uh, McMahon had written um, that apparently this this guy had taken a rather colorful exception to in all of his infinite medical wisdom of, of wiping asses of the elderly. And, uh, we had a very colorful episode in response to that, um, where I was handing out free business advice, uh, <laughs> to a, uh, he, 
free free business advice to a a blogger who claims he is uh, a a well seasoned medical expert on on nothing. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> when they use the word expert to describe themselves, yeah, that's it, that's kind of a clue. It um, wasn't fit for the airwaves. Uh, I'll just it. I, I went back and re-listened to it after, you know, the, the next day, the morning after. And I was like, oh, man, no, this is bad. <laughs> this is this is tasteless. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure the audience would find it great, but uh, they, they would love it. But, man, it was it was a tasteless episode. It really, really was. I mean, we at least have to pretend like we're professionals, you know. <laughs> there's just certain things but not on purpose no not on purpose yeah. no oh no. man I always tell people I'm like I know just enough to sound like I know what I'm talking about well you did kind of teach it for one of the premier intelligence agencies so there's that have you yeah. taught the IRS? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Touche. Well, you're going to have 86,000 more. You could probably get a good contract going there. Uh, no. And, okay. and diversity. Boy, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. I am done working for Uncle Sam. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was talking to, talking to somebody about that today. They were like, you know, why? Why did you like? Why did you not pursue a career after the army? I was like, you know, man, when I can't say generic phrases without getting in trouble. I just don't want to be in that environment. No. Not only that, yeah. they stuck me behind a desk, and anybody that Ooh. knows me, I cannot sit inside all day. Like I can train people. But I got to be able to move around and go outside and do things. I can. That whole classroom setting, it's fun. And, you know, I did enjoy it, but just being inside all day drives me insane. But you can totally teach it on the outside. And I just so happen to know a guy that has a perfect venue for such things. Yeah. (laughs) I've been meaning to heck that guy. Yeah. We need to... We need to yeah, we uh, get that ball rolling. We should probably get that well, ball rolling. I'm committed now because, yeah, on the last episode, I spilled the beans. Yeah. Now it's got to happen I mean, soon. Got to happen, dude. We got. You're right. You know, it, it's there's there's a finite number of, of weekends throughout the year. There's That's only true. 52 of them, you know, and. and you know, when it's you like, put it like that, that's not a lot. It's not. It's not. The years go quick, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hey, before I forget, uh, the October 8, 9, and November 12, and 13, it's the, the tactics weekends. If someone mm-hmm. decides they want to take them back to back, they will get a total of $100 off. Nice. Nice. I decided to do that just basically 50 bucks off per class, but uh, 
I thought it might be more advantageous for people getting their buddies to join them on because I keep having people say, well, my buddy doesn't want to spend the money. Well, as a group, if you're you're saving 200 bucks. um, So about about (laughs) like, look, folks, money, money is, is an issue for a lot of people. Okay. I get it. All right. I've lived that struggle. I grew up, you know, pretty, I don't want to say dirt poor, but we were certainly not wealthy uh, by any means. And having to work multiple jobs most of my life, um, I totally get it. Okay. I totally get it. But I'm going to say this. Um, this is a good segue in, into the, the, the meat of tonight's content is how much do you put a value on your life? Okay. This, this is an important point here. You know, what monetary value do you put on your life? Because if you say, you know, like $500 for a class is, you know, Oh, oh that's too much. I can't, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. Well, you don't, you certainly don't understand. Okay. You don't, first of all, you don't get it that, Training costs money, okay? And I'm speaking to, to some of the folks out there who are like, oh, well, you know, this is just a sales pitch or, you know, if you – or the, my favorite one out there, oh, if you were a real patriot, you'd do it for free. Um, no, uh, we're, we're professionals and we do this for a living, okay? We do this for a living. If if that's your attitude, then, then there is a word for you. It's called a communist, and that's what you are. That is a descriptor. Okay. Somebody that believes everything should be free. Okay. Um, you know, it, it costs money. Okay. So you do the math. I just had to spend a hell of a lot of money on training aids for classes running throughout the end of the year. Okay. This, this stuff costs money and you have to turn over a profit and I have a family I have to support. Okay. So, you know, it, it, and, and here's the other thing too for the folks to say, Oh, you know, well, I can, I can watch YouTube and learn how to do these tasks from a video on YouTube. YouTube is fine. Okay. For, for a, a number of things. And, and yes, I understand rumble and, you know, eh, it pains me to say, but bit shoot, uh, you know, you kind of want to, I look at bit shoot like, like a used condom. You just kind of wander <laughs> around a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, <laughs> In, in all in all seriousness, like Rumble, Rumble's fine. But anyway, all, all the the all the videos. Okay, you watch the videos. Videos are made for entertainment. Okay, they're they're made for entertainment. They're made to get clicks. They're made to make money for the person putting the video up, and that's fine. Okay, that that's fine. And there's a lot of product placement and reviews and and you know whatever. Um, cool. And and the videos are normally the first place that I look when you know I'm trying to to uh, get information on a product or whatever. But the thing is, is that you can watch all that stuff. You don't digest that information, and there is no um, there there's no entity there with you that is saying, hey, you know, y- you might need to do this a little bit better. Or, hey, that's, you know, that's not how you do that properly. Let me show you a better way and let me help you here. Let me help you through this process. 
and you know that on top of being in the company of, of other great folks because i'm going to tell you something people do not value things they do not pay for they don't do it okay right. they do not i've been there okay you know jc just like you man when i began i offered some stuff for free and that was the most maddening stupid and an idiotic imbecilic thing i could have done and i was angry because these guys wasted my time and you know and, and i was thinking you know hey i'm gonna help these guys the, the because they are the way they are because of a lack of knowledge that was wrong that's not the reason they are the way they are they are the way they are because that is the way that they are as soon as i started charging money for training and people were coming to it I realized all these great people were coming out. I was having professional class folks coming out, you know, doctors, lawyers, um, people who, who owned their own companies, corporate contractors, all these guys were coming out and you know, they're deadly serious about training. And it was so much more productive of an environment for me and really just, you know, it, and, and having so many people who have come out, you know, I, I've, I've trained thousands of people at this point, and I'm very proud of that. I say that, you know, I'm going to thump my chest a little bit. And I know, uh, JC, you have too. And that's, that's something to be very, very proud of, uh, that, that you've, you've done that. Because what's the greater impact? Training thousands of people or training five people who may or may not value and implement what you're teaching them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, that's like you said, they, they don't value it. And, um, the, the reason I started the business was a buddy of mine, uh, that I had been in Iraq with on the last deployment. He, uh, he had let me use some property he had to teach the wilderness survival course. And, uh, and he said, dude, he said, you've got to start charging these people some money. And I said, I said, well, you know, I like doing this and, you know, I like being able to help people out. He said, no, he said, you don't understand. He said, these people do not appreciate what they are getting. He said, you right. earned yours through blood, sweat, and tears. He said, they're not. He said, so they need to, they, they have to earn it one way or the other. You, they've got to earn it. And he said, because if they don't earn it, they won't value it. Just like when a parent gives a kid at 16, gives them a brand new sports car. What's a kid usually do within six months? They've wrapped around a tree because they don't, they one, they don't have the maturity and two, they, they don't value it because they didn't earn it. And, you know, I, I can tell you from personal experience, I went to college a year because my parents wanted me to before I went in the army and I didn't pay for it, and I except for except for my flight lessons when because I, I was an aviation major. Except for that, I screwed off the whole friggin' year because I didn't earn it. And and it the right. the earning it also get it also helps with with maturing. Um, for for a teenager, um, you know when you when you get that buy your first car because you work your ass off for a couple summers, you know. And, and a part-time job during school year or something, you know, you've earned it and, and you take care of it. And, and you guard with the training, you guard that knowledge and you try to try to help pass it on 
uh, to other people, but but you you know you've done something. Um, you know, I know right. people that have taken your cl- your classes that I've talked to that had said about how they liked how my class and your class augment each other very well, and yeah. um, they they said they said you know there's other people out there that, that do it and, and, you know, YouTube videos. I said, well, I'll tell you one of the reasons that, that I made that I started off saying you get beyond the manual and the YouTube in the video was I had a guy showing me, he showed me a YouTube video of a guy trying to do the individual movement techniques. I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. And I told him, I said, uh, I, I said, so did you take, did you hit yourself in the face the first time you tried to tried to do that with your front sight on your AR? He said, how did you know? I said, because I can tell you, the guy's not doing it right. He never he never learned how to do it properly. And that's a good way to either put the muzzle up your nose or hit yeah. yourself in the face with a, with the front sight assembly. Because that guy doesn't know it. He's just, he's just some fly-by-night militia guy that is trying to, like you said, you know, clickbait, uh, you know, title, clickbait picture, and he's trying to make some money off of something that he, he never earned the knowledge of either one way or the other. Um, and that's, that's one of the biggest things. Like I said, my, my son learned the hard way with an AR trying to rebarrel it. Didn't understand the whole concept of, of the proper type of, uh, upper receiver vice, um, using that and throwing an upper receiver. Um, it's easy to do with aluminum. Yep, it was expensive for him, but he learned it one time, and and you know it's not going to be a problem again. But you know it, you're exactly right though. That's the if they don't earn it in one way or the other, they will not appreciate it. They will not apply it. Right. I guarantee you, if they're if they're it's given to them, they won't go out and practice it. You know, ninety nine well, out of a hundred times, they will not go out and practice. Oh, I know this shit because that's the attitude they have. Well, I mean, you can. Here's the thing, man. You you can shadow box in the mirror all you want. You get into a real fight, man. It's, it's a different story, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, all, all that shadow boxing gonna take you so far, you know. But <laughs> yeah, you never had your yeah. ass kicked. You don't. What you Mike, can't what, tell what somebody how to say? fight. Yeah, yeah everybody's got plans to get punched in the mouth. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, so that was one of the best things uh, with the with our our DT in our academy when I was teaching that was you, you got pounded on you. We had one thing where you're on the ground, like, like most fights end up on the real fights end up on the ground within 15, 20 seconds. And yeah, you ended up, you're on your back. It starts off with somebody is in the mount on top of you. They got these big ass, like 18 ounce gloves. And they immediately, when the whistle blows, they start beating on you, and you have to defend against. You basically have to do do the block where you got your arm, forearms together, and you're and you're blocking it, and then you then you get them uh, you get them in a clinch, and yeah. that's you you start off there. You get hit square in the face with them gloves because you have to have your arms back along the floor when it starts, and a lot of those kids told me, hey, I have never been hit in the face like that before, and even with them gloves, I mean that person's coming <laughs> down on them hard. And they're like, holy shit. I was like, yeah. I said, a fist is even worse. Mm. So it is. It is. You know, and, and that's the thing is owing to training with as many different people as possible. You know, yep. because so 
you know, something, something that you said was, you know, a student of mine came and took one of your classes. So he's a student of yours now too. And mm-hmm. how, you know, two classes dovetail one another. That's the thing is, is there's a lot of guys out there that are putting out really good products. I mean, we have, we have America, I've said this before, but America is at this really interesting time where I don't think that there's ever been so many guys that are offering professional classes that have more experience like ever, ever in American history than right now. Um, that that's a really cool thing. Like when you think about it, how many GY vets, how many guys with, you know, combat experience from, you know, the different branches, whatever it was they did, you know, um, and they're getting out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you need to be, yeah, man, you you know, you, you guys to listeners out there, you need to be training with as many people as possible. You know, um, one of the things the the crew out in Utah, which those guys are, are just awesome. And, uh, the, the guys out in Wyoming, um, the, the, the folks out in the Western States, man, you, you guys, you guys are squared away. You know, you, you're squared away in, in a lot of ways out there. I mean, it's, it's a harsh environment for half the year, but you, you guys have got some, some good stuff going on out there, but you know, it was really cool talking to these guys. They've got, it's like, they have their own training schedule of all these different trainers that they're going to train with. And so they're going to, to work with all these different guys out there and, you know, here, there and everywhere. And it's like, oh yeah, when I took this guy's class, he was teaching this, or I took that guy's class, you know, he was doing that. And, you know, most of these guys that, that were in this, this group of, of Patriots together, these, these are, are guys who several of them know their stuff inside and out already but they're getting that continuous education. Like it, it's, it's continuing on and you know, they, they got to step outside of their, you know, what they know. So they don't have that institutional inbreeding. I was that every time that I hear groups saying that it's always very, very impressive um, that civilians are doing this. They're willing to get out there. They're willing to, to go the distance and they're not dialed in on, you know, oh, so and so said this in the media today. Like they're they're cognizant of that, but they got they have a very long term view. And um, a lot of the folks that I get to work with are are like that. You know, so don't get so hemmed up on, um, you know, what what so and so said today and whatever in the headlines. You know, things that uh, whatever castles in the sand they're trying to build for themselves. Um, you know, keep, keep a long-term view, man. Keep a long-term view and keep training and keep self-developing and get out there and train with as many different guys as possible. Um, you know, if, if you take an Intel course from me, you're taking Intel course from Mike Shelby over Ford Observer, you know, because you're getting, you're getting very different things. Um, very radically different backgrounds. Um, you know, you, you're 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 going to be getting a, a lot of uh, good stuff 
from from a variety of different people. I mean, small unit tactics. Uh, somebody in the comments section was bringing up uh, alert planning systems uh, out of Kentucky. Um, he's another one. Excellent guy. You know, kind of a newcomer on the scene, low profile guy. Um, kind of hard to get a hold of. I've been trying to get him to get on the podcast, but uh, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get him there. We're gonna we're gonna drag him across the finish line. But um, you know, and then of course one shepherd, uh, one shepherd with, with small unit tactics. You know, it, it, that's it's a whole other paradigm, more the conventional army side of things. But you need to be you need to be training with everybody. Um, you know, as much as you can, and I think it's critical right now, at this point in time. You need to be packing in as many of those hours as you can because the the language that's being used by governmental officials and people running for public office right now, I don't think we've ever heard language quite like this in American history. And um, talked about it a little while ago with Joe Dolio uh, in episode 181. And uh, we're going to be discussing it a little bit more tonight. Uh, in, in this episode, but this this is our warning to you. You need to be taking stuff a lot more seriously than, and, and, and I know a lot of you are in the audience, okay? I know a lot of you are, but but to our new folks who, who just subscribed, a lot of the new uh, screen names, new uh, folks I see that, that are listening to us, subscribing to Radio Contra, coming in on a daily basis, folks, I'm telling you, cut the normalcy bias. It's fixing to get bad. Um, it's I have a feeling it's fixing to get bad. And if it, it, however bad, however you envision bad being, it's probably going to be substantially worse. Um, you know, it 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 just doesn't look good. Uh, it absolutely does not look good. So on that note. Um, talked about in the earlier episode in episode 181 today um originally very human early in the episode if you caught it earlier in the episode i kind of stuck my foot in my mouth uh it's it's representative tim ryan from ohio he's a a democrat and uh i mistakenly said tim scott who is the senator from south carolina and i like tim scott uh i think he again, it, and I corrected myself later in the episode when I, I caught it because uh, I, I take copious notes e- even while I'm talking. But, um, you know, I, I like Tim Scott. I think he's a little too close uh, pals with with uh, Lindsey Graham. But um, I do like the guy. I think that he's he's been a productive Republican um, for the most part up until now. I think that, you know, he's. Anyhow, um, with with that said, so getting to getting to the real topic at hand, uh, Tim Ryan. So Representative Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio, he is the U.S. Senate candidate from the state who is running against J.D. Vance. Uh, J.D. Vance, kind of a, a famous MAGA Republican. And um, Trump endorsed him, stumped pretty hard for him. And, and of course, if you know anything about political science, Patriot Man is going to be in here uh, soon. He actually just texted me. But uh, y- you know that, that 
in American politics, Ohio is kind of the bellwether for America um, in in many respects. And so um, you have Representative Tim Ryan here, who uh, is is kind of a hothead. He um, he who was that guy from the early two thousands that ran for uh, he was running for the Democrat nom- nomination. And he was just completely batshit crazy. I mean, they <laughs> he all might have are. to be a little more descriptive. <laughs> well, he, he oh, ended up being uh, the DNC chairman. Yeah, Grasper. Grasper said Howard Dean. Yeah, Howard Dean, uh, the crazy guy that, that screamed a lot. Um, Tim Ryan kind of reminds me of Howard Dean. It, it just his mannerism. He's got a he's got a this real strange look in his eye, like he he's hopped up on SSRIs and and vodka, and he's not quite sure uh, he's he's not quite sure what's going to come out of his mouth, but something is. Um, th- these are not people that should be uh, embodied with the public trust. Uh, so, yeah. Anyhow, Tim Ryan, We're representative from Ohio. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's they shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to hold office. But yeah, if if you're not a natural born American citizen, can't hold office. Period. Period. That that should not be uh, up for debate. If if you are not a nat, and it's not just the executive branch; it's any public office. If you are not a natural born American citizen, can't hold public office. Period. Go tell tell me what other country on the face of the earth allows you to not be a natural born citizen of that country, and you can become the leader potentially one of the leaders, and and wield serious power in that that country's government. It, it, you know, the case could be made for Britain, maybe, um, maybe I'm I'm not totally familiar with British jurisprudence when it comes to uh, their governance, all, all the nuances, but y- you, you sh- absolutely should be a natural born citizen of a country to be elected to its offices, period. Uh, this, this, you know, this, this is not up for debate. So that would disqualify the entirety of the squad, but who, who gives a damn about them anyway? Um, you know, it's, it, they're all up next, you know, for, for, uh, Candidacy to, to take the next spot on the view anyway. So, I mean, what, <laughs> um, you know, so what, it doesn't matter. Uh, but Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio, uh, going on MSNBC on Morning Joe. Uh, Morning Joe, very interestingly, the, uh, the, the beautiful couple that is on there, of course, Mika Brzezinski and uh joe scarborough joe i uh left the intern under my desk and she wasn't breathing uh scarborough uh because he did uh when he was a representative and that's why he's on tv now and uh he was a republican by the way in case none of you knew that but um and and mika brzezinski you know her uh, very famous uh father Polish uh, guy who who was a uh, somewhat of a left wing thinker, uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski, who wrote our doctrine on color revolution. But anyway, so he's on there, and of course, Morning Joe contemporarily is has been uh, just completely unhinged. 
uh, hating conservatives, hating the Make America Great Again movement, hating us. Uh, you know, they, they make no bones about it on Microsoft NBC. But they had, of course, on Representative Tim Ryan, and he stated that Americans need to kill and confront, uh, kill and confront. I would think that you would confront before you kill, but eh, okay. Uh, kill and confront the extremist Republican movement if the nation is going to make political progress. So this is uh, very interesting. This is uh, telegraphing intent to me. This is, you don't say things like this. If if it was uh, J.D. Vance saying this, then it would immediately be uh, MAGA terrorists are threatening, threatening to kill political opponents. Um, you know, it, it would be, you know, Donald Trump's a terrorist. He needs to be locked up making terroristic threats. His candidates making terroristic threats. Where it, it seemed like any time you had someone controversial fart in the wrong direction, the media would be quick to say, you know, Donald Trump needs to disavow these people. Oh, you need to disavow this guy. Or you need to disavow that. Or you need to disavow... Uh, white supremacy, right? They kept saying that white supremacy. Well, the problem here is, first of all, for all this white supremacy, if if you take a composite of the the uh, largest cities in the United States and who's running them, they sure don't look white to me. Um, and that kind of blows their argument out of the water. If you look at the the crime rate that is correlated with that, with each one of these cities that are literally becoming unlivable, right? They're becoming unlivable. There's wanton violence. There is wanton mayhem. There is anarchy. There is looting. There is in Portland. We saw, we all saw the video. If you didn't see the video, you need to look it up where the, one of these street takeovers, where, I mean, it looked like something out of Mad Max. There's a guy with a flamethrower out there shooting it at traffic. You know, people, elderly folks getting shot because they're just trying to figure out how to get out of this chaos. So anyhow, anyhow, uh, you have Tim, you have Mr. Tim Ryan here, Representative Tim Ryan, saying that we need to kill and confront extremist Republicans, right? They never define who extremists are, by the way. It's just anybody that doesn't agree with them. It's anybody that doesn't fit their narrative. It's anybody that they deem as, as being apostate to their belief system. It's a very dangerous time that we're entering here. It's a very, very dangerous time. You know, we're they're, they're using language. This is a guy who's a candidate for public office and nothing that I have seen has n- nothing from the Democrat party. And I have looked into it, nothing from, from the Democrat national convention, nobody asking him to uh, surrender his candidacy, nothing, nothing, no, no sanctions whatsoever. So this is an implicit agreement in what he is saying, because when you do not punish bad behavior, 
you are allowing it to continue. You are implicitly agreeing with it. And so if that's the world that we're living in, where a guy running for Senate out of Ohio is saying that he wants to kill you because that is what he just said. Folks, I don't know what else to tell you. You need to act accordingly. Um, these, this is not some fly by night, right? This is not some fly by night, random liberal trash on some college somewhere or some two bit English professor who decided to put a lock in a sock and swing it around his head like a mace or some stupid cartoon character that Antifa is currently fielding. No, this is a guy who is running for the Senate and has a real chance I'm going to piss in some cornflakes here. He has a very real chance of winning. What are you going to do then? What say y'all? I agree. The uh, <clears throat> Anybody that is on that level of the national stage, um, you better take everything they say seriously. Whether, whether or not it sounds like a joke. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people a couple months ago we're just like, oh, well, the, the, what the administration was saying in their press conferences was just rhetoric. Well, you know, the, the night that, uh, that Darth Sniffer did his uh, speech where he was trying to do his best impression of V for Vendetta, um, he, you know, everybody said the next day, oh, well, you know, it's still just rhetoric. I had a guy I work with tell me, oh, well, it's just rhetoric. You just got to take it like, you know, like in high school. I said, okay, this was this was a conversation at the beginning of this week. And he said, Oh, it's just, you know, rhetoric. I said, well, the rhetoric of a week and a half ago last week turned into uh, raids on, I believe 36 different people in the top end of the MAGA movement. And uh, I said, and that's just the beginning. I said, they just, they're, they're, imp they're augmenting their federal police slash martial force with 86,000 more armed, armed troops. Um, that, that isn't about audits. That's about the fact that posse comitatus will, will keeps the military from coming into it. But if they've got 86,000 more armed, armed personnel to, I mean, I, I don't even know off the top of my head before that, that augmentation, what they already have under arms in the federal government. But when the EPA has its own SWAT team, and the U.S. Mail Service has its own SWAT team and armed officers uh, to not just, you know, just to say a few that it, it seems somewhat ridiculous. Um, if, if those those two organizations have them, you know, every other alphabet soup agency does. Uh, it just not might not be advertised. But I said, I said, dude, I said they're they're getting ready for a calling. Because they have to. They understand, you know, with social media being what it is these days, you know, people know things immediately. I mean, how quickly after Mike Lindell was swatted at the Hardee's, did everybody know about it? Yeah, I, what, yeah, exactly. within a half hour? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had it up pretty quick on AP, I remember, when it came up because it had it wasn't, you know, didn't, hadn't been long before. Um but they're they're scared, and they're they are emotional people. One of the problems I think with with people on our side is we're emotional, but we know how to control it, and we have controlled it. Because if we hadn't, 
Um, and like I said in that post there a couple uh, two weeks ago, I said, you know, the only thing going for them right now is the fact that uh, that we are human and we have humanity. You take my humanity away, my humanity is the only thing that's keeping me from from doing from raising the black flag and starting cutting throats. You know, as was uh, Heinlein said. Uh, you know that that humanity is what makes me moral and ethical. Don't don't dehumanize me because you will not like what happens. Because if you're dehumanizing me, you're dehumanizing everybody associated with me, to include my kid, my children, and and my wife. And you know I have an ultimate responsibility and duty to protect them from everything. And if I think something is a threat, you know I just. <laughs> I'm not necessarily the type of person that's going to wait until that threat's pointing the gun in my face if I think it's a viable threat that I can I can articulate is a threat. Um, right. And you know that that's th this shit is no joke. This shit is no joke. Right now, it sounds like a lot of rhetoric, but I guarantee you, this snowball is going to get bigger and bigger and, and quicker. And with everything going on with the economy, I mean, tomorrow, what, nine out of 12 unions, railroad unions are going on strike. Uh, you know, from what I understand, I believe it was 65% of, of the food products shipped in this country is by rail. Um, it, you know, <laughs> how much of food price is already going up? What, what will happen, you know, when 75% of the, of the rail, rail stops? You know, and, and this is, but this is all, it, when you look at it, it is by design. Because these people were, you know, how, how long ago was it? Six months? They were saying digital currency by December. Um, so, it, well, there's some interesting things. I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, uh, but th there's some things that just came out about Ethereum today. Um, we'll, we will see. Uh, we will see. So th there's one thing that I want to jump in and, and um, comment on real quick. The railroad strike, quote unquote, has been averted temporarily. Um, there has been a temporary deal that's been made and they, they're going to continue to run. Um, so the strike's been averted for now. And, and this is something um that I brought up in a, a conversation that I was having with somebody out in Utah. And I said, you know, and, and uh, this guy was a, uh, he's a labor union guy out there, you know, and I grew up in a labor union household too. And, um, you know, and, and, and unions, unions have very, very good qualities to them. Um, you know, they, in, in conservative circles, they typically have a negative connotation, but there's some very good qualities to them too. Uh, so anyhow, that, that aside, we were having a conversation. I said, there's no way that Biden's going to allow a railroad strike because if he does, that's going to be the end of the grassroots level support that the Democrats get from the labor unions. They're already on thin ice with them. It, 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 it's real, real hit or miss, depending on what labor union you're dealing with. At the very top, you know, the Richard Trumpkas of the world and AFL-CIO and um, SEIU and, and those organizations. Yeah, they, they're, they're just Democrat fundraisers. I mean, we know this. But when it comes to, uh, you know, your, your guys in United Steelworkers, um, IBU, so on and so forth, 
that's it's a different animal. And and you know the, these guys they're already they already look at the Democrats the same way that we do. And so, um, you know, that, that whole illusion of, of Democrats supporting organized labor and uh, being for the working man, if Biden had allowed this rail strike to continue, that illusion would have been gone. And I think that that may have been, would have been his biggest blunder. And that, that's really saying something because this guy is, is, is a mega <laughs> blunder um, altogether. But that would have been his worst. And, um, you know, it, it, I mean, people, people on the conservative side can say what they want about Reagan and the air traffic controller strike. That was not good. Okay. That, that was the way Reagan handled that was not the way that it should have been done. Um, and if, if, you know, I was, I was a very tiny child at the time, so I don't really remember it happening, but studying it later on, that is actually what caused a lot of, uh, well, that and Iran-Contra caused Reagan to lose a lot of the political clout and political capital that he had with Congress at the time. And so it really weakened his position. And, you know, we ended up getting some gun control laws that, that were not good. After that, we ended up having some other policy problems. Um, you know, so you, the working with organized labor in America is, is something that you kind of have to do um, and, and should have to do as, as a politician, because that, that's something that really conservatives, we can learn from that. You know, the, the power of collective bargaining, we can learn from that too. You know, it, it's it, conservatives kind of look at everything individually and, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm the individual, this, I'm the individual that. And, and I mean, man, that's all good and well, but look at where that got you. You know, you, you have to organize yourselves. You have to collectivize yourselves. And, and really the only good thing I can think about coming out of a, a parliamentary system like to have in Europe is that you have multiple political parties. You don't just have one continuous right wing. You have a bunch of little right wing groups that all have their own political party and you got to get enough of them elected and then they form a coalition with, you know, another political party and then you have enough of them and, and they form a government. Right. I mean, that's there's a lot of drawbacks to the parliamentary system, but still, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Um, and, and we don't have that. And that's how you end up with guys like Mitch McConnell. Um, so, yep. Anyhow, uh, your reactions, Madman. You know, I pointed something out not long ago. Um, Biden's Twitter account put it out. And he, was, he said MAGA forces. And I can't remember exactly what he's talking about, but that's how he started it off. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. Yeah, that's... I was like, man, that's... Uh, you know, jokingly... I think I can't remember what I said. I commented somewhere. I was like, gee, that's like inflammatory language, you know, but it really is. Um, and it's only beginning worse and it, it's spreading too. like more people, more personalities are starting to use the same type of language. And I remember years ago seeing an article like, Hey, we got to really stop comparing we're not comparing everything to war, but using 
war type language because <clears throat> uh, you know words have meaning and it, of course it didn't stop it only got worse and here we are you know civil war is like a mainstream idea now so yeah I mean it's definitely a little bit more aggressive I guess is the right word you know before it was like oh right. you guys suck you do this, you do that. You know, these well, people are bad. These people are bad. Now it's like, question, you know, MAGA forces. Like, what What are you talking about, dude? Like, the, the question that I have regarding all this, and, and it has never been revealed, and the knee-jerk reaction, the knee-jerk answer to this question would would be pretty easy when explaining it from the left, but on the right, not so much. Civil wars happen when there is a competing economic interest within the country of the direction the country is going to be run. Right. And so, you know, the, the American civil war was fought because there was a competing economic interest. All right. So, yeah, I know the, the history you've been taught and everything, but it's way, way more complicated than that. The reality was, was that the agriculture based economy of the Southern United States had close economic ties with Britain. The Rockefeller machine that was quickly gaining power in New York did no longer want that. Uh, they, they, were beginning to put tariffs on everything that was exported from the Southeast. That's what actually triggered the civil war. Um, that because they looked at, they looked at Reagan or at Reagan. They looked at Lincoln as a puppet. Yeah. They looked at, at, at Lincoln as a puppet candidate. He, he was just a, uh, he was, he was propped up. They, they pulled him out of a, a little nowhere in Illinois, propped him up to be the candidate. Um, you know, and, and he was running, he was representing the industrialist powers of the Northeast. That was exactly what happened. So if, if we recognize that, a lot of people don't think in those terms, because when they think about civil, civil war, civil conflict, civil, you know, whatever, competing narratives for how a government should be uh, run inside of a country, competing narratives for the control of a country, there's always an economic question in there. Who... Who is the the uh, economic force that is trying to attain power? Is trying to eliminate the other guys? So you know the the uh, if if we were going you know Adam Smith capitalism uh, you know classical model of capitalism right? So all the other uh, competing economic interests have you know th- them cooperating with one another has now failed. And so now they're going to go to war. They're going to exert force on one another. Who, who, who is this? Like who, who is backing the right? Um, I have some thoughts on it, but I have not seen as of yet any evidence to back up my theory on this. So I, I don't know. I, I'm at a loss. I tend to agree with that. Um, and I often, in, even in high school, kind of debated that whole, like, specifically the U.S., the American Civil War was about slavery and 
Um, I always debated that with my teachers. I was like, no, I mean, Scott, like you said, it's it all boils down to economics. Every war ever right. uh, is about economics. And, you know, the problem is that people get lost in the prop- wartime propaganda because that's, that's all the whole U.S. Civil War slavery thing was, was was just a rah-rah for the the North so people didn't stop dodging the draft. Right. Um, well, that was I mean, the, that's really what it was. The ancient like, of the draft. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Well, they had enough riots up north, that's for sure, over the draft. Yeah. But, like, you know, I was talking to, talking to my wife about this. Um, they don't teach proper history in U.S. schools or probably anywhere in the world, really. Um, you know, I recently read this book, The Vanquished, and it's about the interwar period between World War One and World War Two. And, I mean, every history book I ever had, and I went to private Catholic schools, you know, my whole life. So, and even my art history books were totally incomplete for what actually happened. You know, we never learned about the Russian revolution or communist revolutions in general. Um, we didn't learn about the real history. We just learned about the hit piece, you know, Nazis are bad because they killed a bunch of Jews. It's like, all right, well, you know, did we, we church didn't learn how many Jewish Bolsheviks were bombing, firebombing German-owned businesses and then opening their businesses. We didn't hear about that. I definitely didn't hear about that. So that's where people got to, when you start hearing this inflammatory language, it's definitely a telltale sign. They're demonizing one side. Um, You know, there's a pyramid uh, for things like this or uh, a timeline, I guess. And I saw something on Twitter. I can't remember what it was, but it was like the you are here thing. Um, when they start arresting people and it's kind of like a blurred version of that, you know, they kind of hop, skip around a little bit, but yeah, I mean, they, they keep to jacking everybody's cell phones. They're using this inflammatory language. But the cell phone thing makes me wonder, um, you know, with Alex Jones' case a uh, month, month back or so, the defamation case when his cell phone records got released by accident, quote-unquote. I'm really wondering what the hell is in those text messages because it seemed like right after that they're, they're trying to jack everybody's cell phone. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because that's something that I kind of picked yeah. up. I'm like, hmm, no, I, you're exactly right. Like this gets um, accidentally released and then all of a sudden yeah, no, you start seeing a not, bunch of MAGA dudes' phones get rolled up. Yeah, that, there was no accident. Uh, it, it wasn't accident. Cell phone records do not get accidentally released. No. Um, it's not how it works. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, which that whole... That whole civil case, because it was a civil case, not a criminal case. That whole civil case was a complete 
fraud, a, a kangaroo court. Um, that was it was it was an absolute mockery of any sort of justice system whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, but it, yeah, they, they're absolutely going to come after your cell phone. I mean, I've been telling people this for years now. And how to mitigate it, you know, to varying degrees of, of success, because people just don't want to listen. They, they don't want to listen. They don't want to pay attention. They, they always want the easy answer. They want uh, normalcy. It, 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 it's like anything else. They want success that is a level of comfort with the least amount of work possible. That's exactly what they want. And so... I have said this over and over again for years now that the first avenue of approach is the way that your adversary is going to come at you, right? That is your cell phone. Okay. So if, if you're not taking and, and I've written about how to mitigate this ad nauseum, I have done podcasts on how to mitigate this. <laughs> you know, I teach it in class and it, it, it's at the point that either you get it you, you get it, or you, you either get it or you don't. If you don't get it, well, you know, I mean, don't say you weren't warned because you were. Hey, Scout, are you, are you are you talking about those uh, mythical burner phones or what? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to trigger you. Nah, I'm not triggered. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed in humanity when I hear this. I heard um, his eye twitch. Yes, yeah, so I? It's it. I so I saw. I see a lot of interesting things regularly. I saw someone. So I, I had this conversation with Joe Dolio uh, on the last podcast, and gave I gave some pointers. We talked about it a little bit, and one of the comments that were left on the episode. Um, you know, it, it was over on Twitter. It was either on his page or it was on mine. I, I don't remember which one. Um, this is a few hours ago, but it literally said, I keep a burner phone for international travel and I always wipe it when I cross borders. And I, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was absolutely astounded, uh, by this statement. This is this you you don't you did not wipe anything you you so you deleted the contacts out of the memory so what there's still a record of everybody that you called there's a record of everybody you texted with that cell phone service provider there's a geolocation uh, to every point that you went. Because you were triangulated by all of the towers of, of that uh, in, in, in that region where you were. I mean, it, it's just, <sighs> folks, I'm telling you, there is no way to sidestep the data collection that happens on cell phones. There's no magic talisman how to do it. There, there are plenty of ways to mitigate what is collected, yes, but there is no way to shut it off. You, you it's not happening. Um, but I do teach you how to do it a different way. And that actually will protect you quite a bit. Um, you know, but you are giving up a little bit of convenience for something that is functional. 
you know, and, and if you're one of those people that say, oh, well, I can't live without a cell phone. Um, well, I, you know, I don't know what you did before 2000 when, you know, very few people had cell phones, but you know, I mean, Hey, whatever. Um, it is what it is, but I'm telling you right now, you may not give a shit about Mike Lindell one way or the other. You may not care about any of this stuff one way or the other. I don't care. Okay. I, I, I do not care. I don't care what you do. I know what I do. Uh, and I know what I teach other people to do. But you you really need to start being concerned because, again, I'm going to revisit the fact that there are public officials and guys who are running for public office, serious public office. Okay, they, you know, Tim Ryan's running to be one of the two senators from the state of Ohio, one of the, the largest economies inside of the United States for a lot of reasons. Okay, this, this is kind of important what he thinks about you. Okay. And here it is, you know, so you need to be taking that. This is a guy who, who would have access to things about you. You need to start taking this stuff more seriously. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of guys that are teaching the privacy end of things out there. Um, you know, my buddy K combat studies group, and I'm going to have him back on, uh, probably next week. Definitely, definitely a guy you need to train with. He's got some new classes up on the calendar as well. He's got a small unit tactics course. If you're out west, he's got a small unit tactics course that he's going to be offering in uh, early October as well. So definitely hit him up. Uh, it's just right around the corner. But he's getting back into the training game. Uh, also, you know, uh, going going at it full time. He was doing it only part time for a while. He offers some products that are yes great. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to jump in and cut you off and other people were training it, but he offers um, uh, a a secure laptop, a secure tablet, a secure phone and a secure router. And I recently got the phone from him and holy crap, is this thing amazing? I'm saying, I mean, it's got all the privacy suite you want built in. Um, I couldn't even begin to go through it. It'd be a podcast. Let me go through what features they have, but um, you can find that on his website and it costs less than a new iPhone. And it's a thousand times better for what you need to do. So I highly recommend. Oh, and and it ships in a, a, a nice little case, a signal blocking case obviously comes with a charger. It is such a slick phone. It's the best phone. I mean, I used to work off an iPhone five, so I'm, you know, I'm, you know, 15 generations behind. This thing is so fucking cool and so useful. It's got every app for privacy and security for, um, you know, FL Digi. It's got all these different products on it for people like us. The people who are on this podcast will need highly recommend you check it out. Yep. Yeah, man. You know, it's, you're and again you're not sidestepping the cell phone data that's being collected on you at the basic level but but it it all depends on what you're trying to mitigate and you can well i i'm gonna sidestep that but more important more important patriot man 50th episode sons of liberty live good lord I cannot believe that <laughs> holy shit what a ride it's been 
What a ride, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, uh, everyone out there is doing good. I apologize. I was late. I was doing uh, bar trivia with the family. Uh, we thought we did pretty good this week. We were a team of four. We, we came in fucking fifth, and we were 100 points behind the next closest team. I, the, the team that won, who wasn't cheating, I watched them. We're fucking team of three. I don't know exactly how smart they were, but damn. Um, but other than that, man, uh, yeah, it's been good. I know you've been out west training, um, so you know I've been trying to keep up the content on the website and everything, and uh, I'm just happy to be able to join this one. I know the last couple of weeks yeah, either I haven't been able to join it or we haven't had it, so feels good to be back <laughs> with the boys. And yeah, and That's also right. I really, really, really want that truck that that, that you posted. So you know, oh well, yeah, <laughs> I love that thing. Well, yeah, it's uh, so in case it, it, for the the followers of Brushbeater Actual over on the Twitter, um, I picked up a Cuck V, um, an M ten oh nine which is the K five blazer. Uh, there was a guy locally who was selling it and this thing's been, uh, heavily done up and uh, he was practically giving it away because he's, he's just kind of getting out of all of that stuff. Um, you know, and, and he's, he's in need of a truck right now and that's what he's looking for. So, um, Heavily modified though, this thing's got a, a 371250 um, uh, Goodyear MTs that came out of a Humvee on it. It's a 6.2 diesel with turbo upgrade. There is no computers. There are no tracking devices. There ain't even carpet in this thing. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's got a rag top on it too. So it, it's, <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, that in the picture. Good. Yeah. So you can check it out. Uh, the picture's up one of it. It's, uh, it, the photo of it went viral, uh, on Twitter. It's got like a billion likes and retweets on it, <laughs> but, um, I'll post you know, in the it, chat. I'll find it and post it in the chat. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, it's a heck of a ride, man. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, I uh, got lockers front and rear. Um, it's, it's cool rig, a uh, real cool rig. So when, uh, for the folks who are coming to the scout course here in North Carolina, uh, you will see that truck. It will be out there. Um, that's going to be kind of a, a permanent fixture. I mean, everybody knows I'm, I'm into four wheel drives anyway. And, um, this is the second K five blazer that I've owned in my life. And, uh, it is, one of my favorite um that's one of my all-time favorite vehicles that and uh it's rival the ford bronco and the uh the dodge ram charger they that that era of of kind of proto su uh suvs uh almost called it suts but uh <laughs> that <laughs> that that era of a vehicle is is you know that those those square body trucks were just hard to beat man and um you know i i sold my other k5 a long time ago uh that was a gas power k5 it had a uh, a 350 ls in it and uh that was a uh a lot of fun but i was getting ready to deploy again and somebody else wanted it and, and wanted it pretty bad. So I handed it off to him, uh, sold it. But uh, anyway, ended up with this one. 
um, randomly saw it and was like, man, dude, the guy was practically giving it away. And I, I feel lucky. I feel lucky to, to get it. Um, I mean, man, you know, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's a really cool feeling, um, or a really cool thing to hear that 6.2 diesel again, it brings back a lot of uh, memories for me. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> the Humvee, uh, our, our Humvees, you know, they, they all had the 6.2. So you kind of just get used to hearing that, that low roar in the background, but, um, with the turbo on it, it's a whole different animal, man. That, that truck sounds completely different. Um, dude, it, it, it's, I mean, it, it is, it tops out at 55. I mean, it, it's a, it's a slow beast, but she's unstoppable. Um, lockers front and rear just, oh man, dude. So good stuff, man. Good stuff. You can check that out over there. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you'll, you'll be seeing it if you're coming to the scout course here in North Carolina and, uh, any yep. of the other classes we'll be doing in North Carolina here in, uh, the future rolling into 2023. I have the first half of the year's schedule up. There is a new RTO advanced RTO and signals intelligence course at the end of January. Uh, so get in on that. Yep. Definitely get in on that. Um, you know, Folks are, are uh, kind of beating down the door wanting to get that class. And I just kind of noticed that I didn't have any of them for the first half of the year up. The next one I had was going to be in June out in Wyoming. So I was like, well, you know, I need to get that squared away. I need to service the folks uh, here on the East Coast. And there's a good chance I'll be to that one as well. So if anyone wants to come hang out, man, and learn some good shit, I'll probably be down for that one. Heck yeah. Yeah, we it's... It's a good culture, man. It's a good culture. It's a good culture that we're building um, and, and a hell of a lot of fun in the process. But one thing, as, as we're coming up on, on our last 30 minutes here, one thing that I, I want to bounce off you guys, because we talked about Tim Ryan and his comments saying that, that you know, he wants to kill us. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. We, we already discussed that one in, uh, in detail. But we also have the Department of Homeland Security secretary on 9-11, who Alejandro Mayorkas, who is kind of questionable. He's another one of those guys. He's not born in the United States. He's born in Cuba. And, you know, longtime listeners, longtime followers of mine know that that I have a, a special love in my heart for the Cuban people, the plight of the Cuban people under uh, the tyranny of communism. And I think that, uh, you know, Cuba could, could be a a beacon of freedom for the world. And, you know, you, you won't find more patriotic Americans than, than the Cuban American community in Southern Florida. Uh, You, you just, you're not, they, they are incredible, incredible people, but this may work guy. He, he is not, cut from the same cloth as them. Um, he, he has a very questionable past. He is not born in America. He's, he's a Cuban born, um, and then came to America at some point. Um, 
you know, and, and I'm not on the up and up on, on all the tidbits of his history, but here he is in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, which uh, means that he has the power to write quite a bit of policy and make things happen outside of the purview of the American public. And he's making statements here on September 11th, which, um, you know, is, is also the kind of the genesis of his agency. And he makes the comment saying that the 21st anniversary of 9-11 uh, was kind of transformative because we have more of a threat now from domestic extremism than international extremism. And he defined the new version of extremist threat as an ideology of hate, anti-government sentiment, false narratives propagated on online platforms, and even personal grievances. Um, this is very interesting because this is all the things that the left did for a number of years, uh, all four years of Donald Trump presidency. And so now uh, we have the, you know, the, the, uh, shoes on the other foot, so to speak, and they're they're using weaponized language against us. So you have the the Department of Homeland Security head saying this. You have a guy running for the Senate saying that he wants to kill you. Guys, help me out here. What what's what's your reaction to all of this? Well. Uh, I guess uh, if you're feeling skippy, uh, that's that, that his statement was one of the reasons I wrote the post Monday uh, about you know what the, the the powers of be were the ones that put us in a position where we had a twenty year war, but they also the the double edged sword is. The, there's 20 years worth of combat veterans, and for the most part, from what I've seen, especially in combat arms, most of those guys are just like us as far as how they feel about it. Just, just leave me alone. Let me raise my family. Uh, generally, look at things from a conservative point of view, and and they're pissed. And all it, it's just like what they did in 2009 when you know a lot of us were coming back, and they said the uh, MIAC report. Uh, came out saying that the major, the a a good number of vets coming back were going to be racist, yep. were going to be anti-government. Yep. All this stuff. I same, it, same, 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 same. Um, and it, it doesn't surprise me coming from that little muppet that that uh, that he would say something like that. I mean, here here's what something, and I I would imagine he might have had a hand in this. Federal federal buildings, Friday, they put the flags at half mast for Queen Elizabeth, and they don't go back up until this this following Monday. But they didn't do a damn thing for for the for nine eleven. If that's not a slap in the face to every American, I don't know what is. But that's what the wait 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 wait. wait I, I was not aware of this. Oh, I yeah. was so literally literally I was off the grid out in, uh -huh. in the desert of utah mm -hmm. right out, out in out in the middle of nowhere like literally off the grid like i barely had had any contact with the outside world mm -hmm. out there and um 
I I knew that the queen died and whatever. I I don't care. That that's like that's like being divorced for thirty years and and finding out that you know your ex wife died. Like okay, whatever. I don't care. Like yes. You know, I mean, they're another country. I, I, Britain is another country. It's not the United States. Cool. Okay, so so their queen died. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm sorry. Exactly. I don't care. We fought. We fought not one but two wars, and <laughs> we're not part of them anymore. We had a we had a pretty serious divorce. I don't yeah. care. Like, whatever. They 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 do what they do. They're, you know, the royal family of, of Europe, the Habsburgs, a bunch of inbreds anyway. I don't care, man. You can, you can, you know, it, it, you got Charles. This guy pissed away the, the British Empire. I don't, I don't care. Um, and his brother fondled the rest of them. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I don't, but yeah. I wasn't well, aware. I was yeah, not aware was that pissed. they. <laughs> I was not aware that they did not lower the flag for 9-11, but they did for her. It's still down. Yeah. It's down until this coming Monday. Yeah. It's for over what? a week and a half. Yep. Until she's interred, the flags are at half mast. Yep. Wow. I was, and like I said, I, it's like, okay, I, but, but when I heard what he said, along with the rest of the talking heads, you know, reading their script, which it was obvious it was because they were all saying the same keywords. Um, didn't surprise me, but there again, that's, you know, it's one thing for somebody like, uh, you know, Darth Sniffer to say it in a speech with a big red background, but, you know, because he, he doesn't know any better and he's got people that are writing that script for him. But when you have people that are the, at, at the, I refuse to call it the tip of the spear, maybe the tip of the condom, maybe he's the reservoir of the condom, but he, he's the guy whose people will be implementing these policies actually going and doing it as opposed to uh, old pudding pop. So, you know, that's, you know, as I told my, my you know, coworker, when he said about, Oh, you know, it's just talking rhetoric. No, it's already started. It started last week with the, when all these guys were getting raided. Um, and one of the things that you'll notice, they, they refuse to say, make America great again. They keep calling them the MAGA Republicans, MAGA, because of how stupid it sounds when you, if you said the make America great again, Republicans are the greatest th threat to democracy, our democracy. That just sounds, you know, yeah. like, you know completely hypocritical. Yeah. And, um, and, on, on, for me on the topic, the one thing I'll say about the Queen is that I wasn't so much concerned about her death, except the geopolitical implications of it, uh, particularly with Charles being so involved with Klaus Schwab and the WEF. So that was the mo that, that's why I was mostly focused in on the Queen and, and, and figuring out exactly how everything was going down. But to the question of um, Tim Ryan and all those guys, to me, they are ramping up the rhetoric just they want a timothy mcveigh they want a modern day timothy mcveigh they don't want to be the ones to kick this off because they know how it's going to look right they saw the poll results after joe biden's fucking darth Sidious fucking speech of oh my god these people are evil i mean even a majority of democrats said this is divisive 
So in order for them to achieve what they have to achieve, they have to have someone do something ridiculous. And so they're <laughs> ramping up the rhetoric so that people like us, and that's why I loved the, the, the post, don't take the bait. Because people like they're trying to get people like us to go, fuck it, this is the time. This is when it's going to happen, and they're going to strike first. Because Scott will be the first to tell you that when it comes to kind of revolutions and, and rebel movements, which, let's be fair, we are, right? It's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. We yep. are operating as such. We're operating under unconventional warfare standards. Half of it is you have to get the public support, which is why Antifa has been outpacing the right in terms of when they go to these places, when there's a humanitarian crisis, they're providing food and water. They're not doing it because they care. They're doing it because they want to establish, hey, look, we're the benefactors. We're generous with our time and our money and our supplies. And needle turn-ins too. You can't, you can't forget that because that's uh, that serves a very specific function for their their fighters, their direct action people. Yeah. Because they're all they're all addicts. That that's how they function. And yep. they can now there becomes a coercive relationship there. Oh, well, I, I let you uh, get fresh needles from us. So, so I need you to do oh, this though. Now I have this on you. Yeah. Right. And, and opioid addiction, I mean, it rewires the, the thought process and, and yeah, the, way that, uh, the cognitive ability in people. You know, I'm yeah, glad so, you brought up Tim, Tim McVeigh. Yeah, because what I'll say about that, and I don't, I don't want to go down this the whole rabbit hole, but what did Tim McVeigh do? Right. Look, nobody can tell you anything definitive about it. Correct. If you any anything you look at from beginning to end with that whole situation was was it does not fit the facts of how things work from it from the explosives he supposedly used to to everything else, but. Yeah, and that's all one of my perception. biggest concerns is they will they will keep ramping up the rhetoric mm -hmm. to try and piss us off. But they've done this before, but and and we haven't generally taken the bait. But my concern is people will say, "Oh, because they're, they're gonna they're gonna have a Tim McVeigh, they're gonna create a Tim McVeigh, um, they're gonna do their thing, and they're gonna say, "Oh, well, they did it because of these things we said. That makes sense that they would do that." Because they said, oh, Tim McVeigh was at Waco and he saw that and it really pissed him off. Yeah. And, you know, all these different things. Um, so that's my big concern is not that necessarily people like us will take the bait, but it's they will use that to say that we did mm -hmm. with somebody they set up to do a false flag. That That's my biggest concern. Yeah. And, and, and also, the, 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 so there's two ideas there, right? One is that. They're going to get some psychopath to take the bait, and and that's going to be that. And and there's not much we can do about that because you can't police every person who's going to claim some manifesto under whatever. And if someone with an itchy trigger finger and whatever we want to think a trigger is going to be, then it really fucking hurts our movement. And they know that we have to, as a movement, in order for them to gain legitimacy, I think, against... The, the 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 movement and i use that very loosely I'm, I'm doing air quotes but you can't see it is that we would have to make the first move so that's one school of thought i think the other school of thought is that if they can build up this rhetoric enough against us 
And it doesn't have to be a Timothy McVeigh thing, something that doesn't make sense. If it's just the slightest little bit of something that the CIA or the FBI does. I mean, I look at the Northwestern bombing, right? Or Northeastern bombing in, 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 in Boston. Apparently there was this thing that exploded, injured a scientist and the manifesto. It's a modern day Ted Kaczynski. It's against Facebook and the metaverse, whatever. A FOIA request. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, FOIA. they really they they came out with that narrative quick, didn't they? And 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 the FOIA request showed that it said that there was no nine one one call. Someone foiled the request for the nine one one call for that explosion. They came back and said, "Well, we don't have any records." And the guy was basically like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, it means we don't have a nine one one call for what you're saying." So the other thing is that. They're going to build up this rhetoric and all of us, someone said it earlier, we're sitting there going, we really, we, you don't want to punch back. You don't want to punch back. I really, I, I don't, ex- I don't, in my life right now, I don't want to expect to punch back. They're going to make it look like we punch back. And then at that point, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I have an idea what's going to happen. I'm not going to say, but I don't know what's going to happen to say and what's, and, and what's, and what's, Exactual actual events are going to transpire, but that's the fear is that they don't even need a trigger from our side. They don't need a Tim McVeigh from our side. They just need to ramp up the rhetoric to the point where it's plausible that this is Tim McVeigh from our side, and then it's all about public opinion. And the stuff they can generate with video and audio, yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. So correct. Right. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it's it's some interesting things there. So, uh, podcast I did earlier today, episode one eighty one, with uh, Joe uh, Dolio. So, you know, people people have a lot of confusion when they think you know, oh, don't take debate, right? Don't take debate. Personally, I think that. When when people are saying that, oh, don't don't take the bay, this side or the other, they're confusing that with don't take action. Correct. That's they're they're not the same. Okay. And and if you are one of those people out there that uh, is the very vocal uh, minority of, of folks, and and I'm speaking to a very specific crowd here, and and they know who they are. Uh, oh well, nothing ever happens. Well, nothing ever happens because you don't do anything. That's why nothing ever happens. So sit down and shut up. Why don't you just continue to not do anything and, and the world will be happy. All right. Some of us are doing a hell of a lot. You have to understand that, that all of this occurs at the local most level. Okay. If, if you are not getting involved in politics at the local most level, who is your sheriff? Okay. All right, so you know who your sheriff is, right? So there was that big push, libertarians and conservatives of constitutional sheriffs and all stuff, right? Uh, you know, a decade ago, for good, bad, whatever, doesn't matter, right? But that that was that, that was a, a, a noble cause. So who's your district attorney? Ah, see, now that's an important question because these are elected officials too, and they have the most amount of power in the legal system through their ability to use discretion, right? And they're elected officials. If you don't know who your district attorney is for your county or your jurisdiction, 
You need to get on that. All right. Get mm-hmm. involved in those politics because it's all local. And that's part you of your know, area study, by the way. Right. You, you, you need to be training. You need to, to, to constantly have that edge. And you need to make that known that, like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not going to sit in my little hovel and, you know, feast on my mountain house and say, oh, oh, I'm a prepper. What the hell are you prepping for? You know, Teotihuacan or WROL or whatever you, you know, whatever um, you know, acronym we're using this week. Look around. You are here. Okay. You're there. That's where we are. All right. That is where we are. You look at the, the streets of Portland. That's where we are. Yeah, I have some dumbass comments when I put that. Oh, if this is really WROL, there would be guys out there shooting them. No, that is rule of law. All right. Without rule of law is what you see, the chaos that you see. Okay. That is without rule of law. And that is where we are. So you have to be involved in the local most politics. I can't square away what's happening all across the country, but I can worry about my county. Right. I can worry about that because that's all we can do at the end of the day. Yeah. Don't be so quick to join some national quote unquote national organization. That's going to do all the things and, you know, turn all your bad dreams into good ones. American tendency. We're going to set the country straight. Hey guys. Sorry. Right. Nah, it's, it's, I'm telling you that you're not doing anything. Okay. You're not doing anything, but making another guy a buck. Okay. Right. And Scout. Yeah. So yeah. Tango earlier in the chat about an hour ago was mentioning he was part of the railroad. He's about the only person right now who is thinking about national locations of the railroad, right? That's great. Right. But locally, think about your AO. How is that going to affect you? Right. That's right. what you have to be thinking of. Now you should be aware of global effects. And and I'm sure Madman can chime in here and 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 talk about that, but also, it's going to be local, local, local. So, to me, if I had to put like a percentage on local to na- global trends, you should be following, and that should be like, hey, this is how things are going elsewhere. Cool. But to me, it should be like 60% local, 30% national, and 10% international. Maybe those percentages are all for other people, but that's how I see where I should have the news set up. So, like, Madman, I don't know if you're still here, but would you agree with kind of that idea of local, 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 or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Focus, like, actually focus on your local politics and your local businesses and how things are flowing because you'll notice, um, and the, uh, oh, God, I'm having such a bad brain fart right now. Mike Shelby posted the other day saying like there is a local cabal of governance in every town in every city whatever you want to call it borough um so if you don't know what's going on with them or you don't know who they are and they're probably going to be really involved with the school system with the athletic departments with Actually, if you have a parade, that's a good time to figure out who's who because they're all going to be in the parade. Yep. Um, so I 
I actually, so Patriot man, you're on, like, I definitely don't disagree with you on the 30% national. I solely focus on local and I troll the national politics. Cause I think it's just, you know, yeah. we're at the point now with like scout going along with what you said, we, we are without rule of law at the national yeah. level. And the federal government is losing legitimacy. No one takes them serious. And if they do take them serious, they don't take the other half serious, which is just as bad. Like, there's no reconciliation to be had at the national level. Um, so really, the only thing you can do now is to get your locale in order, or at least, at the very least, um, have, like, a vague understanding of what's going on. Because you never know, like, your local cabal might be, like, good guys and they actually have pretty solid plans in place. Um, yeah. They can't be too solid if you don't know about them, but you know, they might be solid enough to where like the police department is all like, okay, yeah, we got it. We know, we know it's up. We're, we're ready for it. Like we know to go to the water treatment facility and, you know, make sure everything's running and uh, make sure the poo pond is, is drained and, and all that good stuff. So, well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear to that, man, about. man. No, I am because I, I think I've probably put personally for me, and, I, and I'll say this is a flaw of mine. I probably put a little bit too much emphasis on national stuff, and only recently I've been grabbing like the little like newspapers around us, whatever they are, and kind of reading up and see what's going where and what, and set up the Google alerts. Um, I had a couple of them set up, but ever since I had a renewed focus, I've been changing what the keywords are. Um, so I'm glad to hear you say that because I know that personally I'm going to shift my focus a little bit less off of what's going on nationally, a little bit more on what's going on local. And I always intuitively yeah. knew that, but I think that oh, it's so easy I had to, to get do wrapped it more around so. the axle. Yeah. It, yeah, it's so easy to get involved well, with the national level politics because it's all over the news and it's popular. It's you know, it's it's entertaining at the end of the day. Local politics is. Boring as and hell, a, and a lot of times like... what I'm posting on AP is national politics. So that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking at headlines. Um, what's going on? Because, well, you know, all all, obviously, are. yeah, exactly. And our audience is across the country and honestly across the world. If we look at IP addresses. Um, but, yeah, I, th I think that that's a really good point for all of us is to just local, local, local and focus on that. Yeah. Like when I'm looking at the headlines, I'm not. I'll be honest, I don't really read the articles because most of them are just full of crap. Um, I look for trends in headlines and that's how I kind of gauge like where we're at. That... I, I really don't truly read the articles. I'm just like, I see a couple headlines one day and it'll be about one topic and then you know, maybe two, three days later, another crop of them come up and I'm like, okay, so this, all right, this is the direction they're going to push. Yeah, okay, whatever. Exactly, um, and I know we're coming up on two on minutes. The, the rhetoric. Oh yeah, we are almost done. No, right sorry, there. I don't mean to cut you off, but to your point, I wanted this. I know scouts can do the round uh, all around for the last word. To your point about finding those common grounds, just for anyone who goes to AP, that's one of the reasons why we did the RSS feeds on each side, which had, you know, Saudi Arabian news and Iranian news and Russian news and all the Israeli news, find the common themes within those news. And that's the truth of it. So 
I don't want to cut Scout yeah. off on this one, but I just I right. figured we were close to the last round. Yeah, yeah. Last thing I was gonna say is is that a lot of folks are they'll always ask me, oh, how do you how do you mitigate infield traders, quote unquote, and all you know, how, oh, how, how do you get this? Because local most action, man, you you know people. The very first question that I always have for folks: How long you lived here? How long you lived here? Because I instantly know if you're not from here. I know, right? I know by the way you talk. I know by the way you act. I know because I don't know anybody who knows you. And we, we instantly are going to know. And how long have you lived here? All right. So that's an investment, you know, that time investment. What are your ties to the area? And if, if those answers are coming up short, you know, hey, I mean, th- there's – there's, there's other ways that you can go about it. And, and, you know, I, I'm not saying that should be your only qualification, but that is your first question. When, when you're talking about building trust with people, how long have you lived here? Um, you know, and, and, and that, that's pretty much that, you know, and then you, then you go from there. And, and the next thing is, is what do you bring to the community? Don't be so desperate for folks out there. The, the people will come. Okay. Don't be so desperate for people that you just, Oh, I'll take anybody in. Um, hey, what, what you're going to end up with is a bunch of grifters when you do that. Um, you know, you, you need to be selective on people you bring into the fold and, and yes, it can be done. There are plenty of people who are out there doing it. Um, you know, it, it's, and, and get involved in the local political process because it is absolutely possible. Uh, so anyway, with that said, guys, um, you know, for the 50th episode of Sons of Liberty. Woo! Yes. <laughs> awesome episode. Um, it is always an honor to be here with you, to uh, watch this audience grow by leaps and bounds. It, it is really incredible to see. It is incredible to see how this podcast has grown, how American Partisan has grown, how all of these things have grown. And, and we are a force to be reckoned with in the Patriot community. Um, and and believe me, believe me, the feedback that I get at the macro level is, is really awe-inspiring. So keep it up, folks. Keep it up. Keep your head above water. Keep your head held high. Get involved in those local politics. God bless you. Good night. And we'll be talking to you again next Thursday. This is NC Scout and all of us here. Hell yeah, brothers. Thank you. Good night.